Their names are Andres Datane, 13 April 2011. Mtineni Mambushnoki in Marikana, 10 August 2012. Dragged behind a police van, would succumb to his injuries. Mido Masia or Matia, 26 Feb 2013. In a hail of bullets crossfire, 18 January 2020, Samantha Matane in Alexandra. Collins calls, who was at home, respecting the regulations. It was not enough to spare his life, and on 10 April 2020, the SANDF stormed his home and killed him. They did the same to a young boy whose only son was to come back from the shop with his favorite treat, biscuits, Nathaniel Julie's, in August last year. And now we speak of um, Togozis in Tumba, who lost his life on 10 March 2021. And his only sin was to be at the wrong place at the wrong time in a student protest. All of these persons, family members, there's a recurring theme in their deaths. Never mind them all being senseless. But the state apparatus is brutal for nothing. And I would imagine this hurts. I would imagine this does pull a string or two. Because any of those people could have been me. Could have been you. Could have been a student. Ramnik, good evening. Any of these people could have been a student. Those bullets, certainly the one from yesterday, it was meant deliberately meant for a student. It's just that the police officers got their identity wrong because they are so wanton in their ways. Let's talk about this. We're going to talk about why you're here, but you're operating in the higher education space. You're a parent as well, and this is your work. How does it make you feel? Uh, Good evening, Sergezo, and good evening to everyone. No, it's, it's absolutely sad. You know, I mean, any debt which is preventable, um, is the most sad situation for any anything. Um, if you have a young person in front of a parent dying because of a, a disease like HIV or gender-based violence, a young girl, or an unplanned pregnancy versus a bullet killing anyone, all these things are preventable. COVID-19 involves behavior, preventable. So any death which is preventable and we lose is extremely sad, extremely disappointing, and um, and and our face goes down and worries us for our own children uh, who are growing up, uh, who have to be in these institutions one day. Um, some of our children are already in those institutions, so it is worrying. And and more worrying is that you speak about the children growing up to believe that this is normal. This is what happens in institutions of higher learning. There will be a time where there is a standoff between the student interest and the administration. And in many respects, a large contributor thereto is government one way or the other participating the way they should or not participating the way they should. And the upshot of that is the stability of higher education in this country is disrupted and disrupted most brutally as like this. Um, uh, uh, These are very tough questions, you know. Um, uh, Challenges are there. Um, And from my field of work, 
the challenges are predominantly equally very high when it comes to social and youth epidemics around the country. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, but I'm going to relate to my study of work and my field of work predominantly because it's equally disheartening to see um, so much of hard work that goes into schooling system, um, tremendous uh, challenges a parent goes through or a guardian goes through in building these young lives into the new skills development process, which will help their own microeconomic sense for their own families to earn. But in the macroeconomics, and these skills are needed for our country to grow forward. And when we lose them, we lose them through many reasons. Poverty, we lose them through epidemics, social challenges. Um, it's, we cannot. Old people need to die before young people, mm. any stages of life. And we need to keep on focusing and re-emphasizing um, that any preventable death needs to be saved in this country. So let's talk at large. Let's talk at large because your health is in your hands. That's the work that you as the Chief Executive Officer of Higher Health does, among many other student-based interventions in institutions of higher learning in this country, including your TVET colleges and other vocational training places. Your health is in your hands. And I'm just worried now that the mental health aspect is a serious pandemic that is not often spoken of and should. So, Gezo, I'm going to start with the number, and I just keep on pleading to you that help me reach out to as many young lives as you can with a number that I'm going to speak. It's called 0800 I'll repeat uh, every time you'll ask me to. The reason I said this... Repeat. 0800 A 24-hour crisis helpline. Since we launched it in in August, just the magnitude of this pandemic of COVID-19, the epidemic of COVID-19, the pictures you've seen on the 10th of March, there's a lot of correlation to COVID pandemic. The stressor it brings, bereavement of families people are experiencing, economic challenges, parents losing jobs, guardians have no salaries at this moment. Students have a very difficult thinking around their career and the future prospects. Economy shrinking, not only in South Africa, but the global economic crisis towards understanding where its implications are. That's the reality of where we are. And that's exactly where mental health uh, rises to the the core. This pandemic was always there. It's just that this pandemic increases with the number of stresses that conjoins with this pandemic. And then this pandemic grows into a never different level. And I'm glad, Sangeza, you're speaking about this pandemic. People find it stigmatizing, don't want to talk about it, take health very late, and by the time they take health, we lose them. So crisis, when they happen, when people in the night at 2 o'clock is, is feeling suicidal, there's a severe anxiety, severe depression in your mindset, and you're at 3 o'clock alone, you need a counselor, you need a psychologist, you need a social worker. And this 24-hour crisis line is important. And I want to declare, and I'm not shy, that there were 10,000 crises that we managed just from August onwards. Uh, and, and, and yes, it, it is an alarming number to say, what are we experiencing as a country? It's worrying. But there's a number to say, there are many more who do not know this number. And these are the, num- these are the people who knew the number and called in those odd hours to seek help. 
And this is not one crisis that I'm talking about, which is solved through one telephone. No, it just, this is a long conversation between the counselors and yourself, but then the counselors repeatedly call you back, follow up if the crisis is over, and then refer you in the hands of a psychologist or a social worker where you could be managed on a long-term therapy that needs to be, because we need to root out mental health from the core and not superficially. And I think, uh, Sangeza, if one message that I can take away through your, um, through you and through your um, wide spectrum of people who are listening is this number and, and appealing to them. This is real. It's happening to you in your homes. It's happening to you, young people, in your lives. Take help when it's needed and take early um, and, and come back to life back. We're going to continue the conversation with Professor Ramni Kalwalia, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Higher Health, talking to us about the many interventions they are currently rolling out in the space of higher education across the country. This segment, of course, is hashtag student night, probably more important now than it has ever been because of now what is happening in the space of higher education. The students, certainly in and around Johannesburg, we caught some sights of what's happening in the free state. And this has an impact on lives who breathe, young people with aspirations. Some of them might never make it through this system because the system doesn't care. There are people who care, though. Ramnika Walia is one of them. After the break, he continues. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomapete on SAFM. 0800-36-36-36. That's the Higher Health 24-Hour Student and Staff Helpline. I repeat, 0800-36-36-36. What's happening in the country right now, of course, is not unprecedented. It's rooted in history. It's rooted in segregation. It's rooted in classism and all forms of discrimination and social engineering, which shouldn't be. Young people are having to deal with this. We touched on it in the first bit of this conversation, but I really want you to go to town in talking to us about and even give an example of a story or two without necessarily disclosing the identities of the person. Homes have been decimated, in particular the last year, but over a long time now with the way the South African economy is. And the more this is happening, the more young people are dealing with issues young people really shouldn't be dealing with or are less capable of dealing with, given the trauma that is occasioned upon them. What, if you can tell us, is really the nature of the challenge in higher institutions where your intervention is critical, and more importantly, where society at large has a role to play? Ramnik. Thanks, Angeza. So, Angeza, you're absolutely right when you say um, we also are are a nation which is a young nation, um, we're 25 years to our democracy, uh, maybe 26 years now, um, and we are—we have inherited a very difficult past. That's a reality, um, and and our uh, variability of of we have two South Africa in the same South Africa. We have a real South Africa which is extremely poor uh, and underprivileged, and we have a we have a South Africa which is very privileged. Um, and in such a in such a inheritance, uh, when these young lives come from the most disadvantaged families and even from the advantaged families into a surrounding which is your adulthood, your early stages of adulthood, um, 
you are uh, you are naive you're you're coming out of a parental control or a guardian control into a some con some something called an unbound freedom um, and that is very sensitive in a country which has already existing massive youth epidemics we are a country that has an estimated 8 million south africans living with hiv um, and that is a youth epidemic predominant number of new infections are from a very young age group population which is this this 1824 population of adulthood that's exactly the higher education then alcohol and substances peer to peer influence you know when we were in institutions of higher learning these are things around us um and peer to peer influence happens if i tell you a stats of about 60% of our young students abuse drugs and alcohol every month and then i tell you another stats that as who says 65% of any gender based violence in south africa is preceded by drugs and alcohol it's easy to correlate why higher education institutions sometimes as a microcosm of the bigger community mm. becomes an extremely vulnerable site for young people and we cannot lose these skills from and that is why behavior um information in knowledge media education classroom and out of classroom becomes predominantly important and induction and orientation becomes important parents need to play their role young people have to play their role and us as higher education community or fraternity has to play their role it's a symbiosis relationship among all the three fraternities to win this battle mm. uh, and that is why it's 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 sensitive what you've just said many respects does respond to what one of our guests yesterday spoke to yandisa nzoyia is the secretary general of the south african union of students and one of our listeners dropped a voice note saying that to an extent these students bring it upon themselves that there isn't money in the system to fund them and even those who do sometimes get funding from nurses they waste that money away in drug and alcohol abuse to which this gentleman yandisa responded by saying that gentleman who dropped that message does not understand what students are dealing with the high rate of suicide or related conditions that would cause one to go that route and all the stresses that are there ultimately yes do play out in the abuse of substances but also this in many respects is happening because the students are making difficult choices predicated on the survival instinct if i don't get into a relationship with this one whether abusive or not it is the difference as to whether or not i eat it might mean that i have no fees to pay because nisfest might not be enough so all of these things are playing out in this way and you mentioned the student has a role to play the parent has a role to play a former student has a role to play delineate what these roles are so we don't have students making these arduous choices Also I guess you have a very valid point and I think uh, listening to you you know um and when you when you start looking at um, you know the one thing that comes to my mind is what do we want out of all this and what we all want in everyone in every South African would want this as a stage is the next generation be fixed if our generation could not be um if we came from broken families we want to see a South Africa where this generation of higher education calls out of the system building families giving their children a parent 
giving their children a nurturing of education and a system of work towards moving into the next phases of life. It's a difficult situation, difficult thing I'm saying, and it has a multi-dimensional uh, role from the government, from the policy perspective, from the private sector, communities in general. We need to build this resilience together. But the aim of all of us should be is to build a next generation, a next generation of sustainability middle class, next generation of income, next generation of parenthood, next generation of students, children going from school into education and stability in our, in our generation. And that needs a social change. And that warrants that maybe the onus is on this new generation on the higher education. And every time when they come in to understand that these are going to be tough, you have to fight this out. There is going to be a survival of the fittest at this moment. Understandably, the most difficult time of your career. career. Mm. You sell this and maybe the future is waiting for you. So the aim is to survive this very difficult time to get a future which is very long. The life is very long. It's not these five, seven years. The life is very, very long and we need to make a productive life the best and living life in possibility. Yeah, and of course the work that you did in 2020, particularly in building capacity through on-campus trainings, building capacity among 5,000 students, over 30,000 frontline staff to manage COVID-19 and among others, that work can only grow now as not only are we anticipating a third wave as we're moving away from a second wave, but also the after effects and the aftershocks of the decimation that COVID-19 has wrought onto the higher education space. Tell us more then in terms of what other programs we, we might anticipate being rolled out by higher health in higher education this year. The biggest one is vaccination. Um, uh, you know, I've been uh, working very closely with the Department of Health, um, kind of bridging the whole, whole vaccination strategy program and building a vaccination strategy for the PSEC system. And the strategy is not just about a purely a word called vaccination. It's about making people believe in vaccination, having access to vaccines, having stability of vaccinators. So what we've already done is all our campus clinics that exist in our mobile clinics that provide healthcare services in the form of HIV services or TB or sexual reproductive health, contraceptions or mental health, gender-based violence and others are now also being trained parallelly. And we've already trained them to become and understand COVID and COVID vaccination. Because when the time will come, when we enter into some phases of our vaccination queue system, there will be a time we want to vaccinate all our students, but predominantly before them, all of our staff, so that we can have a system of education running. Because we will not be able to run the education system if we do not defeat this virus, because a third variant, when it comes, it will put this country back to lockdown. When it goes back to lockdown, we go back to economy. We go back to bereavement. We go back to mortality. We go back to deaths. We go back to a stage where we lose people, again, in severe mental stresses, and everything we go back. And this is what we need to defeat. And everything is reciprocal to this COVID pandemic at this stage. Um, yes, there are many other pandemics we cannot ignore. And there are programs that I keep on pleading young guys to go. I want young people to become our ambassadors. Ambassadors in the form of become the peer educators. Go to these classroom activities for HIV, TB, STI, GBV, or contraceptives or mental health, gender-based violence, drugs and alcohol. These are all subjects to do. 
and do your risk profiling because every subject you do, you have to practically do on yourself by finding your risk through our WHO standardized questionnaires that help you identify yourself in early stages of risk trial and mental health or HIV or anyone. And then the aim is to link you to service. But above, before that, each and every subject needs to be now correlated to COVID because you need to understand COVID and help us fight this pandemic. Because if we don't get this right, we have a huge uh, economic, social, and a huge impact that has a reciprocal effect on, on, on us in entirety. Let's leave it there, Professor Ramnik Alawali, Chief Executive Officer at Higher Health, and we can only thank you for your great interventions in the space of higher education in this country. Of course, I repeat, as per your instruction, please, South Africans, remember this number, particularly those who are staff and or are students in the space of higher education. Toll-free number, 24 hours, 0800 36 If you feel alone for whatever reason, just call that number. You matter. Always remember that. Thank you very much. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. Chat soon on hashtag Weekend Wrap on Monday.